Hello, I am Judesca Villan. Welcome to another Rappler podcast episode where we discuss facts, nuances, and controversies behind the big issues in the Philippines. This is Rappler's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang messaging ni Pangulong Rodrigo Duterte sa panahon ng coronavirus pandemic. Hindi na bago ang maaanghang na pananalita mula sa kanya. Iba't ibang propaganda na rin ang ating nakita nitong mga nakaraang buwan. Ngunit ang mga ito ba ay akma pa rin sa krisis ngayon? Kasama ko ngayon si Rapper Reporters Pierre Nada at Sofia Tomacruz para tulungan tayong i-analyze ang pananalita ni Presidente Duterte. Hi Pia and Sofia, thank you for joining me today. Hello, hi Jody. So parang I think for my first question, we'll go siguro to Sofia. So what do you make of the President's messaging now? Ngayon na nasa almost two months na tayo into this lockdown. I think comparing it to the beginning, President Duterte seems to have taken the outbreak a little more seriously. I think we can all remember in the very beginning, he downplayed the seriousness or he kind of brushed it aside. We know this from several speeches you know, where he at first would say it's not really big it's not really a big deal, it's not really a big problem. There's no reason for the public to be so um hysteric over the coronavirus. But it seems now that he's taken it seriously, at least because if we go by what he says, you no, know, like he'll say that uh, there's no end in sight unless there's a vaccine already or there's some cure or um, I think also the fact that we've been on lockdown for nearly two months, yeah, nearly two months now, I think it also contributes to to that in the sense that um, because things have changed so drastically, it's hard to deny um, the seriousness of the whole situation. I think it's also a little bit, it's still forceful in the sense that I think for him, he it looks like it's still being viewed not so, aside from it being a public health issue, but maybe a little bit more than it being a public health issue as a peace and order issue because he always talks about having the military and the police step in or almost always there's a mention of the police and military instilling order and he always uh, demands or orders, asks Filipinos to just follow the law or not, not really just, yeah, just follow the government, just stay in their homes, just follow, just be disciplined. And so those are some of the things that come to mind when um, listening to the speeches. But I wanted to ask Pia as well, like, what do you think of Duterte's messaging now, just compared to how he's always spoken before? Because, I mean, I'm curious to know if, if Pia thinks, for example, it's changed with the situation or if it's still the same. Actually, I spent the past two days reading the transcripts from all of his press cons related to the coronavirus. And the conclusion ko is he didn't change his messaging style at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's problematic because if you notice his transcripts, um, I think the, the shortest one was five minutes. And that was like a written speech addressed to the ASEAN, mm-hmm. uh, ASEAN nations. The rest, like mostly 30 minutes or one hour, 45 minutes. And if you read the transcripts, you can see that it's really just the same speech that he gives. It's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it is um, uh, ad lib. A lot of it is mga personal insights and muni muni and uh, mga digressions and stream of consciousness. Um, and I think this is not really appropriate to the crisis because many people who tune into his public addresses they want 
clear, concise messaging because they want to know precisely what will happen to them. There's so much uncertainty and they were expecting, uh, you know, for a plan to be laid out in every public address and for Duterte to, to be, you know, to be more considerate of what, of, people's, of what people expect from the government and to be more concise, clear, and straight to the point. But you know, he didn't have speeches. Nya, wala. He he doesn't um, really. He never adjusted his messaging style to fit those expectations. Um, and you can also tell that members of his cabinet and the task force kind of wanted, you know, a more more straight to the point messaging from the president. And you can see this when the president is reading something, like during the addresses. He's actually given a piece of paper where Marina don't type type out message of what the IATF recommendations are and what the decisions are. But you can see him like reading it at first and then biglang digressing to the point that in one briefing, see Senator Bongo actually butted in and said, oh, Mr. President, um, you have to go back to reading this or you forgot to mention this. And then the president will go, ah, yeah, uh, Bong, you have very uh, sharp ears. Then I'm going to go back to, the, to reading the, the paper. But then he goes again to digress and talk about, you know, his other insights about the virus. So, um, and then we can see a change naman in the last address where it was Harry Roque this time who read the actual decision. He was the first to, to say something. Like, he was the first on camera to actually, like, lay down what the decisions mm-hmm. were. Um, and that was right after he was newly appointed as the spokesman for not only Malacanang and Duterte, but the whole IATF. Then, dun, after na lang yung mm-hmm. Roque's Roque part, dun na lang nag-segue to Duterte where he started talking about his personal message which was like about the communist rebels and about um, local governments. So, yeah. medyo adjust yung, yung task force, I think. Like, they just had to work around Duterte's messaging style and, you know, find a way to bring the message to the public but not, not like, cramp his style. Right. Pero, pero parang, Pia, uh, since you've been covering the president since 2016 or before he even took office, can you tell us a little bit, siguro, kung how does the president backcraft his speeches? Does, does he consider yung mga advice ng people around him? Mm, for sure. What, what's siguro the main thing that this crisis showed us was his deference for, for the health department. Like, maraming times in press cons when he would say, ah, I just trust Secretary Duque, the health secretary, to do this, to explain that. Um, and then you can see that he only really makes he only really gives his own personal message when it's about law and order or um, compliance of government, uh, of barangay captains, for example, or people violating. So parang bumabalik siya sa kanyang clutch, which is security, um, disciplining people, sounding tough. So, so he knows that he's out of his depth when it comes to the science of the whole thing. Uh-huh. That's why he doesn't really talk about you know, the science of it. Uh-huh. But he, parang bumibida siya when it's about compliance when it's about law and you know people especially when he's on a roll about the critics yun bumabalik na naman siya sa sa dating gawe um but he does listen to people like you can see it in his speeches eh? he gives little clues to people who he who he listens to for example uh governor Cavite governor John Vicremulia uh maraming yung insights niya about the middle class needing mm-hmm. to like, to get a subsidy so according to Duterte that's where parang Remulia's message to him was what convinced him that, you know, the MSMEs need to get subsidies. And then you can also see that he listens to Ramon Ang because Ramon Ang um, was saying something about how the businesses can help 
smaller businesses cope with the the lockdown. Um, and siguro, one thing to note here, as in other crises, Duterte really, really listens to the news. That's probably his main source of information. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like Trump that way, na he's kind of um, addicted to the news, especially when ito, in the grips of a crisis and he knows that the whole world is looking at how world leaders will approach this problem. You mentioned kanina, Pia, yung sabi mo na pagdating sa law, pagdating sa rules, bumabalik yung parang that we are we know. So I think mm-hmm. I want to ask Sofia, you wrote this story with Kevin in which you analyze yung messaging ni Duterte, yung propaganda vis-a-vis the online sentiment of the people. Ano yung nakita mo? Ano yung findings mo? Well, since na mention mo din yung um he like the way yung manner na ni Duterte that he goes back to where he's comfortable talking about like peace and order, his clutch for for security and uh, issues and discipline i think people really notice that even online and even what pia mentioned about how duterte uh, really really listens to the news i think in the same way um what i really noticed then like covering the speeches consecutively is that besides well i guess we can we can we can probably say it's also kind of part of his news diet where he really seemed to listen to the sentiments of people on social media. Maybe, if not him directly, maybe people around him. I mean, regardless, it, it reached him because he seemed to be directly addressing a lot of the online sentiments that went really viral or popular. Um, for instance, and in particular, the way he said, for example, that he would order police and military to shoot uh, people who quote-unquote caused trouble and violated the quarantine. And of course, you know that this was in the context of the protests that happened in Quezon City in April 1, where residents of San Roque were demanding help from the government and the police had to um, kind of break up that whole protest and uh, arrest some of them. And of course, that that speech came on and everything. It was a out of it was an impromptu speech, kind of a surprise. And he went back to where he was more comfortable, not really addressing the the problem of the issue, which was how people weren't receiving help, but more saying like, "Stop breaking quarantine," and or else I'm gonna order the police and military to shoot you. And of course, he was getting angry again at the left. And we found, of course, that people online were really responded to that because even um, a few days later, just two or two or three days later, Duterte directly men- mentioned calls for his ouster, which is exactly what people were talking about online. We all saw how that really trended. And he said, oh, like that, that ouster Duterte thing, never mind that, that's fake news. Which for me, which actually surprised me a little bit because... I didn't think that it might have been a little bit naive of me at the time, but I think I didn't think that people that they were taking the time to really like read and look at what was trending and everything because I I thought that at the time it would be the the least of their worries in the sense that there was a whole pandemic to deal with and we saw that that kind of carry in other conferences where um, if you remember there was one conference where he made all other cabinet secretaries speak about how money was being used and where it was going because he kept mentioning people are asking where is the 300 billion where is the 275 billion well i'm going to tell you uh here DSWD secretary Bautista tell them all about the 
emergency subsidy program. And so we found that not only was Duterte um, the only person responding to these, but also his propaganda machine or um, blogger propagandists who have generally always supported Duterte since the beginning of his presidency, even during his candidacy. They tried to counter those messages on um, social media platforms, particularly Facebook and Twitter, but that this time something was different because people weren't having it. People weren't staying silent. They were really angry with the way um, the Duterte government was handling the crisis and the situation and um, all the attempts to kind of block out any critical response, silence it, were just met with even more overwhelming response and even more angry responses that basically just drowned out the whole effort to play up um, the administration by saying we support him, um, very decisive action, I stand with the president. And so um, I think that was also really telling in the way things changed because after that, when we, I mean, when, when we talk about some things that have changed since the beginning of the pandemic, I think, well, one, the timing of the message of the of the Duterte's addresses have also changed because before it would be so unpredictable. I think we're starting to see a little bit more predictability, like a little bit more of a regular schedule. It you ha- we haven't really seen a speech lately that has aired at let's say midnight or close to midnight or even past midnight, whereas before criticism was not as widespread as it was after those um, addresses. It would really be anywhere from 11 to 1 a.m., even past 1 a.m. sometimes. But since then, um, people have grown tired of it and they sense the, the, the people's frustrations. And so I think like just even in little things like when the messages are aired, how long it would air for, um, the speeches have been cut down and edited so that some of, the, some of the rants wouldn't be there maybe because it would only be, let's say, 30 to 45 minutes an hour at the most, whereas before we know, we're all well aware that it could have dragged on for like, let's say, even more than an hour or even two hours. Pia, given the findings of Sophia's story, na may mga changes na ginawa yung administration pagdating sa how it, how it uh, lets out the speeches, yung messaging, would you say na they're aware na may miscalculation talaga pagdating sa messaging ng administration, uh, especially dun sa umpisa ng crisis? Like, di ba umpisa, we remember, Duterte said, he'll stop the virus, denounce yung virus, and Sophia mentioned in her past podcast na may delayed response talaga. Would you agree na miscalculation on the part of the administration itong lahat na to? I think yung miscalculation talaga ng government is number one, allowing Duterte or Duterte allowing himself to speak so early about the virus with so many assumptions because like Sophia mentioned, the early days, like nung late January, early February, he, he kept saying, this virus will die a natural death, no need to worry. Um, and then he even like jokes about it, like he would pretend to cough at the beginning of a press con. So parang yung dating is hindi niya masyadong sineseryoso. So yun, miscalculation yun, because now we know that he should not have made those comments. Like it was very unnecessary anyway, like he didn't have to say those things. And it just, it just blew up in his face because later on when the virus got, when, when, it, was, when it became a pandemic and then he tried to say that he, warned everyone. Everyone didn't believe him because nga may ganitong statements siya. And then even during his public addresses, like uh, okay yung okay yung sinasabi niyang 
reminding people to to distance themselves and to follow the the quarantine measures. But then we have him also saying in the same press con that hindi niya susundan because he has his own paradigm about life that he he will die if he will die mm-hmm. then he will die. So parang maraming contradictions which we know is classic Duterte. Like he doesn't care about contradicting himself. But kasi with a crisis like this, a health crisis where um, it's very important that you have a clear message, a consistent message because people's lives depend on it, then he should have he should have been more consistent. And I think that his the people around him, the cabinet members, IATF members, understand this. But obviously, because his appointees, they can't exactly diba, say it to his face na, Sir, mali, malito, this is the wrong way to go. We should change that. What, what they're doing now is what they've been doing since the start of his administration, which is to work around him. And parang just rely on the mm-hmm. fact that they're close, like my personal ties, so that, you know, to kind of coax Duterte into changing the way things are done. For example, um, letting Harry Roque explain the recommendation before Duterte gives his own insights. Or parang giving Duterte talking points, clear talking points every time he goes on, on camera. So, but obviously what they're doing can only reach so much influence because if the president really wants to say his mind and go on for for like 30 minutes or 45 minutes, then there's nothing really they can do about it. But, um, you know, at the very least, may attempts. But if it, if the the will to change and be more clear and more of a, a leader in this crisis doesn't start with Duterte, then nothing will really change um, until he himself yeah, changes. Yes. Pero, Pia and Sophia, can we truly say but that itong macho rhetoric ni Presidente, like yung kills the virus, and sometimes na kung oras na niya, oras na niya, does this still work in the face of this crisis? Mm, I would say mixed because the the way Duterte reminds people of the danger, and, and yun, diba, he, he said that he would slap if slap you if you violate the, the protocols. I think on a certain level that works with some people. Like, ah, they're convinced na, ah, Duterte is um, parang living up to his iron-fisted nature, like he's making these threats again, it's classic Duterte, etc. But on the other hand, we still see a lot of violators and um, it doesn't seem to work in that sense. So maybe, maybe, the, maybe the threats themselves aren't working because yeah, they're, they're, just, they're, they're lost in his long-winding speeches. And what really matters now more is on the ground what the LGUs are doing. Because the national government, they can do so much. It's really right now, I think the LGUs are taking the front line. They're more relevant to, to the implementation of the quarantine than really the national government. It's in the background, like the president's speeches. People are more concerned with um, the task forces or the barangay captains in their villages, in their communities. So it's really down to them to implement those things. To add into what Pia said, I agree with Dina. It's mixed, and I think also it depends on who you look at. For example, I think, for example, yung messaging yan, the sense that, like, he'll order barangay chairmans or barangay officials, like, kayo bahala, kayo dapat yung um, magdistribute pang aid and everything. I mean, that's that fine in sense of me, in, in terms of, sure, he gave an order and everything, but when it comes to, and then he'll threaten them, for example, or else I'll put you in jail. And stuff like that. And there are, I think, and I'm I'm sure there are some barangay officials who will really take that to heart. Like, and that causes trouble for them sometimes because people would listen to the president and demand things, for example, from 
um, barangay officials. I think, and you wrote about this, right, uh, Judith, that people will listen to the president and say, but didn't he say that we were supposed to get aid? We're supposed to receive this much, but on like on the ground, it's not as smooth as that. There are delays and other officials have will have to answer to that. And at the same time, I think just taking a point from what Pia said, na, it can be lost sometimes in the wind in his the way he speaks and how it's so winding. And I think it if you didn't really know him, let's say the way uh, people who really clo- listened to him closely from the very beginning, like Pia, or people who know him personally, like the officials around him, the way he talks, it would be hard to distinguish what is what he really means and what is just an exaggeration. For example, orders he's made about um, using force, let's say, arrest all people who haven't, um, who are who are disobeying the quarantine, shoot them. I mean. I I wouldn't if I were let's say on the ground if I were um unofficial on the ground I wouldn't even really know if that was really um to be taken literally or not but then I think you see that backfiring when some people actually do take it to that extreme and then other people say oh no that he didn't really mean that and everything and so I think that's also one way that it doesn't really work because again people are looking for very clear things uh, very clear messages, very clear details, what to expect, what not to expect, um, what not to do. Because essentially, we're in this really uncertain situation. And um, the, worst thing, the, the worst thing to do would be to even make it more confusing than it already is. Given all that analyze, Nino, P and Sophia, how can the Duterte administration fix itong situation they find themselves in? especially now na may crisis sa Philippines. What are the things that Duterte or his administration should stop doing or maybe continue because it works? Sige, I'll go first. I think one thing that they have not yet done is to give people a clear minimum health standard for why these quarantines are in place and what measures need to be met for the quarantine to be lifted. Because right now, um, they're saying the DOH still has to craft those minimum health standards. So without mm-hmm. that guide, it seems like it's so arbitrary. Like people are saying the lockdown works. Some other people are saying it's too early to tell. So it seems like the decision to lift the quarantine or not is so whimsical. So people are less sure, don't know what to expect, don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, and there, and it would have been helpful if the government spelled out those minimum health standards from the very beginning. Like you know, maybe some sort of ratio, um, case cases to to the capacity of the healthcare facility in that area, or you know, like something to maybe like a goal to be set. Because other countries did that. Eh? They they like the states, for example, may phase one, phase two, phase three, and then. Um, may mga criteria for what should be met so that you can move on to the next phase. Um, so that's one thing. And then another thing is really the messaging of the president. Still, the president continues to give these long winding speeches that frustrate people because a lot of times he's actually talking about things that most people don't really busy themselves with. Like, um, yung whole thing with the communist rebels. Yung the fact that the Yung communist rebels, and the president would talk about that. And even if it is related to the COVID-19 crisis, it's obviously, it's not something people are dying to hear about on this day. Like, it's not what they're waiting for. And it would be better if maybe information was prioritized. Like, uh, people need to know this kind of information now. 
So we prioritize that and lay it down in a very clear, concise way and um, uh, respectful of their time and clear with with um, a good schedule, a schedule that people mm-hmm. actually keep. And another thing that actually led to more confusion, especially recently this week when they announced that they would extend the lockdown for Luz- for certain parts of Luzon and some parts of Visayas and Mindanao, was the IATF actually like refused to give media the actual IATF resolution where all of those rules would be laid out, like yung, um, and yung GCQ and yung ECQ and the list of areas falling under each kind of quarantine. Wala. As in, we had to depend on the Harry Roche press con, which was verbal, and he spoke so fast that a lot of people couldn't even follow mm-hmm. what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And then he, so much so that he had to give a second press con, like minutes after to clarify certain things. Uh, and it would have been just easier if, if they released like a PDF uh, file of everything he said, diba? The same way other countries do it, like see Donald Trump tweeted um, the the plan, like the the phase out plan of his government. I mean things like that. Just just make it easier for people to understand your rules, and it would actually be easier for them because then we media wouldn't have to keep clarifying and asking for for confirmation on certain things. To add again to what Pia said, um, I agree now with everything she said, but I think one thing that would be interesting to see if and a possible fix that. Um, would be great to see also is to also let other people, uh, particularly experts, um, start talking. Like for example, if 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 for example the current officials can't really speak about important things that people really want to know right now, like those like testing capacity and minimum health standards that we're trying to reach in in terms of lifting the lockdown and everything i think it would be good to let experts who can articulate that well you know take the microphone and tell people and explain to people um what that would mean and what we're looking for specifically and concretely and how we're going to get there and what we need to do to get there um i think that would be one way to quote unquote fix the way things are right now because really people are just searching for answers and I think because I think the fact that those questions keep recurring is already obvious um, enough evidence that it, it hasn't been answered. And yeah, so that's one thing in particular because yeah, Pia mentioned a lot of it already, which I agree with. But I also wanted to ask her, um, I wanted to ask you then, Pia, do you think it's actually possible, let's say, let's say that experts don't uh, take the mic and talk about these things specifically, what we should expect, what people need to know. Do you think um, it's possible for, let's say, uh, palace officials, because they're really the ones taking the lead in all of this, to speak about those things clearly, to give people that sense of security? And also, I guess, Duterte himself, like, do you think it's actually possible for him to stick to what he's supposed to talk about? Maybe leave for later things about communists and um, the reason why he's so mad at, at all these other people and all these other things that don't really relate to the virus? Personally, with Duterte, I doubt that he will be more structured in his speeches, mainly because he feels that this is his way of governing. Like His, his mm-hmm. chance to talk and address the people, that's how he communicates his personality and his style of governance. So he will feel it too much of a compromise if he suddenly starts like speaking in bullet points and being so structured. 
the only time that he, anyone's been able to convince him to read from his speech is when it's like a meeting with diplomats or other foreign ministers or other heads of state and government. You know, the only time. But I think he, the only reason why he allows that concession is because for him, it's just like a ceremony. It's it's nothing. It it's he just he'll just have it done over with. matapos lang. He'll just read whatever they give in front of him because for him, that's not that's not the most important part of his presidency. He really sees as sacred his parang message to the people, and there's no way he's going to change his speech because this is his governance style, and he thinks people voted him because of that. Um, so that's why the only concession, the only way around it was to have Harry Roche parang share the share the camera time, and siya na yung magbibigay ng parang uh, the dreary <laughs> the dreary structured speech, so that the territory can have time to be freewheeling in himself. So yun yun nangyayari. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, as for yung like government parang letting health experts speak, the only time they really did that was when um, they invited some of the experts which who Duterte spoke with um, to speak in a press con, like a Palatara's mm-hmm. press con. And it was just one person. It was just Mahar Lagmay from the UP Resilience Institute. And yeah, and he showed mm-hmm. them on graphs and he showed their study and their policy notes, which uh, he supposedly presented to the president as well. But that's the only time I really saw Malakanyang parang handing the mic to a non-government expert. And I guess in a way that that's it's reassuring in a way to know that at a certain point in this whole process, experts like that were consulted. And I think the man to a certain point their their inputs were considered when Duterte decided to just localize the quarantine measures. Mm-hmm. And I think for my last question, Pia and Sofia, how confident are we na mag-improve pa at ang current state ng handling of the government ng crisis? At least the way the, the, the president speaks to the public. What would it take for the president to realize na ah, hindi na pala nag-work tong ganitong style? Liking threats, ganun? Uh-oh. Or his like winding speeches. Yeah, he got on winding speeches, threats, lagi. I don't think he'll realize it's wrong ever. Because <laughs> if you recall, yun naman yung criticism natin sa kanya from the very beginning. Eh. And he always says, "This is me. This is who I am. You can't change me." And I don't think even this crisis will change that about him. I think that it would be difficult to see that change take place in the rest of the government if maybe you're president isn't setting that example and at the same time um i'm not 100 percent confident that things will change for the better emphasis on the better because we've already been two months into this lockdown and um what is it five months i think that is in this whole coronavirus crisis nearing five months into this whole coronavirus crisis so if things would have changed, I think it would have changed by now. Um, changes did take place, but whether or not uh, those were really big improvements, I think that's left the debate on. But then, um, yeah, if if things were really going to change, it would have happened by now. And there, if things aren't improving, let's say, maybe it's also because people don't really know how or what else to do at this point. Um, can I just add that uh, I think one one major change we saw in the government's messaging was the appointment of Harry Roque 
in the middle of everything. Oh, yeah. And I think that, I know, because si Duterte yung nag-offer kay Harry to come back. And I think the main reason for that was they wanted a more forceful messaging from Malacanang given the crisis. And si presidential spokes, the former presidential spokesman, Salvador Panelo, just wasn't um, up to par, I guess. Because, ano siya, like, he's, he's, well, he enjoys close ties with the president. Iba pa rin yung, yung aggressive messaging which Harry Roque brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, they needed, like, if you, if you see, diba, it's Harry Roque speaking for the government now and not Cabinet Secretary Carlo Nogales. People were saying there was a turf war between the two. That's why um, see, now see Nogales doesn't give briefings. But someone in the IATF told me that that's not true, that actually it was Carlo Nogales who actually volunteered to step down as IATF spokesman and when when C. Harry Roche was appointed. So we don't know really what's happening there, but for sure the fact that we have a new talking head is a big change. And that this change shows that the crisis kind of nudged Duterte and his and the people around him to adopt a more aggressive and more forceful messaging style, which um, a spokesman like Harry Roche could maybe provide. So on that note, and based on analysis ni Sofia and Pia, let's see if Duterte will change. But as we're seeing uh, in the past three months of the of the crisis, nag-implement naman ng changes, at least people around him. So thank you, Pia and Sofia, for joining me today. Thanks, Jody. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na follow ang Rappler and Newsbreak sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. If you want to get access to exclusive content and events, join Raptor Plus. Plus is a community where we discuss and get deeper insights to the issues we face today. Sign up by visiting raptor.com plus. Kung meron ka naman gusto na topic na you think we should discuss in our podcast, email us at investigative at raptor.com. Again, that's investigative at raptor.com. Again, I am Jodes Gavilan and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. Wah, 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 wah,